I'm Tanner Scott, and you are listening to E-Commerce Secrets to Scale. If you want to scale your e-commerce business, you've come to the right place because this podcast is all about hearing stories and strategies from successful entrepreneurs and e-commerce professionals to uncover scaling secrets that will have a huge impact on your online store. This week on the show, Samir Balwani, founder and CEO of Query, joins me to talk about important e-commerce marketing KPIs and which ones you should be tracking for your online store. We cover everything in this episode, and it should be of great value to you, whether you have a lot of e-commerce marketing experience or if you have none at all. So stick around. Welcome to the show, man. I'm really excited to have you. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I'm Samir Balwani, CEO and founder of Query. Uh, we're a media buying agency for direct-to-consumer and e-com brands, really trying to scale their growth and get to that next level. That's awesome, man. So how did you get started in marketing and how did you ultimately end up with your own agency? Oh, yeah. Fun story for everybody, right? Uh, so uh, my uh, background, I've been in marketing for 15, almost 18 years now, and it's uh, what I love doing. And I I, uh, uh, I fought the agency path for quite a while and realized it's just, it's so much fun and I can't help but be where I'm at. So uh, I started uh, as a uh, marketing strategist working on brands like LVMH and uh a&E and Sundance. Uh, I was then head of marketing at a company called Stylecaster, which was a, a lot of fun and a, a great opportunity. Uh, and finally closed my kind of career trajectory as uh, brand, running brand strategy uh, at American Express on their open brand. And from there, I realized it was time uh, to kind of venture out on my own and uh, start an agency. And hence Query was born, uh, really identifying that uh, there is a gap in the mid-market e-com direct-to-consumer space uh, around just, you know, really good media uh, media buying agencies that don't do creative, uh, that really focus in on, you know, what they do really well, uh, which is buy, plan, and forecast out media campaigns. Yeah. And, you know, in my experience, you know, larger brands tend to want to take care of their own creatives as well, right? And, you know, it sounds like you guys are just really good at you know, knowing who to show ads to, the message that you need to get across, and, you know, reading in between the lines with the data, right? Yeah, I think that there's a lot around who's the audience, what are the channels, uh, you know, what levers are we pulling? And then there's a lot of uh, people underestimate the tactical excellence that you need from media buying these days. Uh, it's how am I giving the algorithm and the AI the right inputs to get us the best outputs? And uh, that's a really valuable uh, skill set that takes a lot of time and energy to learn and understand and stay abreast of. So uh, it's it's a hard role to do well. Yeah, not to mention you know over the last year or so, right? With the the iOS update, what was that like for you guys? And what what has that ultimately changed about the way that we do paid social? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think paid socials role in the marketing funnel has had to change uh, because 
the arbitrage that a lot of brands got to enjoy in terms of what Facebook was able to do has shifted as well. So for us, uh, our philosophy has never been to take advantage of short-term arbitrage models like that uh, as long-term strategies. So while we had the opportunity, we definitely did, but we were also realistic about uh, the place that social could fit in the funnel for the long term. So uh, we like to think about paid social and programmatic display kind of so in similar veins. Um, they are both really good at product discovery and brand discovery and introducing your uh, product and brand to new consumers uh, and, and building that brand demand versus uh, really capturing that sale. So really thinking about it from that perspective allows you to be more uh, thoughtful around how you kind of use those channels to scale your brand versus trying to think that they're going to be super profitable channels for you. Right. I mean, we, we went from, you know, just putting out a, an ad to a cold audience and people would just buy it up, right? Because Facebook was doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now it's, um, and, and you know, one of the areas where we did see that perform really well was in impulse purchases where you didn't need to ever actually build a lot of brand demand. But when you think higher AOV, more products with uh, more consideration in their journeys, they weren't even seeing that arbitrage to begin with because social was never uh, a great arbitrage model for them uh, since consumers could had to still go through that customer journey. Uh, so we've kind of taken that model and realized, you know, we've got to continue using it for everybody. Yeah, for sure, man. So so what have you learned kind of along your journey since you started your agency that has really had a major impact on your success? Uh, I, I like to think that we're still building the success and it's, it's on its way there. So uh, I, I realize I learn pretty much every day. It's actually one of our uh, first core values of this concept of being curious and, and constantly growing. Um, I, I would say one of the key things that has helped our agency is um, our vision, mission, core values, and set of standards. So how do we work together? What does it mean to work together? And what do we find acceptable from a work standpoint? Uh, and we communicate that to our team, but also our clients, because uh, if we're not all on the same page, uh, it's just not going to end up being a great relationship and a, a great success all around. So uh, from my perspective, that's kind of uh, you know key number one. And, and, you know, kind of along the same lines, you know, what were some challenges that you guys faced, you know, from day one to where you guys are at today? Yeah. Uh, you know, ultimate challenges from an agency standpoint is almost always uh, employee growth and training and development and management. And, uh, you know, that's definitely been one aspect of it, of making sure uh, that we're able to uh, consistently do the work that we do and and have standards against it. So that, that's been one that has been great. We've been really, like we do a lot around that, everything from uh, Friday lunch and learns to on like really in-depth onboarding and training programs. So that's one piece of it. The second piece of it that has been really interesting is uh, using data and uh, automation to make us more effective in our work. And it's the balance of uh, automating things with enough oversight that, automation can't go like wild on its own. Uh, so so that's uh, that's been a really uh, interesting problem to overcome and tackle over the last, you know, I'd say a few years. 
Yeah, man, I definitely uh, feel the struggle with, yeah, you know, trying to grow a team and trying to maintain that consistency and that quality of work that, you know, you as a founder really care about, right? And it's, you know, it's definitely a struggle to, you know, onboard new people and get them up to speed where they need to do, especially if you're growing really fast, right? Yeah. So, so today we're talking about e-commerce marketing KPIs, and we're going to try to take this kind of more beginner focused. Uh, we want to make sure that anyone new to marketing listening to this or anyone that just simply doesn't understand KPIs can walk away with, you know, some valuable insights. Uh, so, Samir, can we start by just defining what a KPI is? Yeah. Yeah. So for us, when we look at KPIs, they're key performance indicators. Um, that's pretty much what are the numbers that we're looking at to determine uh, our success? And some of them are going to be lagging metrics and some of them are going to be leading metrics. So really just trying to understand that process as well. Uh, so that way we can have a better understanding of how things are performing before they're not performing is, is really important too. So, so in your opinion, in your opinion, and you know what, with what work you guys are doing for your clients, you know what are the most important KPIs to you and your clients, and what KPIs should, you know, everyone really be tracking when it comes to you know their paid marketing efforts. Yeah. So, from a paid media standpoint, our KPIs are pretty straightforward and and uh, pretty important. As <laughs> I think is probably one of the best things. So uh, cost is always the first one uh, from our perspective. Like how much do we spend? Uh, media is definitely a lever channel. So you can uh, increase spend, uh, but it is not a linear lever. So the more you spend, it does plateau uh, and become more expensive. So you really trying to figure out where on that chart you are is important. Uh, so that's, that's probably our first one. Uh, after that, we're really looking at uh, CPM or cost per melee. That's uh, how much do we spend for our impressions. Uh, so every time an ad is shown, uh, that is an impression. So uh, how many times did we pay? What did we pay to show our ads? Uh, that's really important because uh, for something like on Facebook or through programmatic display, audiences have different CPMs. Uh, and that CPM is actually based on an algorithm based on uh, how effective your ad is how big your brand is, what audience are you targeting? Are they engaging with the creative? Are they engaging with the brand? The uh, platforms really take in a lot of different data points to calculate your CPM. So, uh, you know, two brands attacking the same audience may have two wildly different CPMs. And I think that that's like an important distinction for when you're looking at your, your accounts and, and your campaigns altogether. Um, so those that's kind of where we start. Uh, from there, and what we'll do is you'll, you'll see, I'm going to follow through the customer journey. So the first one is uh, CPM of just how many ads do we show to people? The next one's going to be click-through rate. Uh, and that's going to be how many people engage with our creative and our message and our ad. Um, I really want to know, you know, how effective are we at getting people to click the ad? It's important to note, though, that in some channels, example, programmatic display, or sometimes even like CTV or YouTube, um, the click-through rate isn't always that important because sometimes it's just about engaging with the creative and having viewability versus actually you know, wanting to click on the app. Uh, but we still monitor it regardless because at the end of the day, we also still want to know what our CPCs are, so our cost per click to make sure that it, it kind of all ticks and ties together. 
Uh, and then finally, how many clicks did we actually drive? Uh, so you know, we spent X amount of dollars. How many people did we get to the website and you know, engaged with our product and spent time on the site and did things? Um, a lot of times we will test uh, driving to the homepage, category page, or product page and recognizing uh, if someone ends up on the homepage, how many of them ended up on a product page on their own? Because uh, you have to go to the product page to finally check out. So just important to monitor that number. Uh, similarly, if you go to a collections or a category page, uh, how many of them you know went to a product and then added to cart? So really watching all of this through the funnel is, is important. Um, from there, uh, it's now, what's our conversion rate? How many of the people that we sent to the website actually converted into a purchase? Uh, and how many purchases did we finally have? Which allows us to then calculate some really meaningful lagging indicator metrics, right? Uh, so now we can calculate cost per purchase, so CPA. Uh, looking at that data, we can calculate our average order value. So how much are people actually purchasing from us? Uh, and then from that, we can calculate out what's our return on our ad spend. So we spent X amount of dollars. We got this much on an AOV standpoint. Uh, was it worth it? Uh, and and that kind of gives us all the core KPIs. Uh, it seems pretty simple because I just outlined out like high level KPIs. Uh, the complexity comes when you start segmenting things out because uh, you want to look at this as, all right, I ran a bunch of brand awareness creative. What did that do? And what are the benchmarks that I want for that versus consideration creative and then finally conversion creative? What are the different benchmarks and expectations for each one of those campaigns? Right. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You walked us through every meaningful KPI. So thank you for that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the KPIs that we're tracking are going to depend on the goal that we have for the campaign. Right. And, you know, you just listed out campaigns for different stages of the marketing funnel. Um, so like, for example, a brand awareness ad, you know, you're not going to be looking at ROAS and conversion rate for that, right? You're going to be looking at engagement and clicks through to the website so that you can start feeding a different ad for a different stage of the funnel, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, appropriately, so the messaging needs to be different too, right? So when you start to optimize towards certain things, uh, you end up having that. So for example, our conversion creative, we really do want a high click-through rate and a high uh, return on ad spend. So conversion creative most likely will have a limited time offer or something that can uh, really drive someone to go and click on the ad and want to purchase. Consideration creative, we still want the person to click, but they may not be ready to purchase yet. So we may not put the limited time offer in, but we may put just like a general smaller welcome offer or... Um, you know, tease a product in, a, in an interesting way to just get them to click the ad and actually put us in their consideration set. Uh, so really thinking about the different creative at different sets of the journey is really important as well. Yeah, and I think that one thing that a lot of business owners and sometimes even marketing professionals don't understand is the number of touch points it takes to get someone who was just exposed to your brand or your product for the very first time to get them to actually follow through and make a purchase. Yeah, and it takes a lot more than we anticipate and it takes longer. Um, so, you know, one of the things uh, for brand awareness creative that's really important is just introducing the brand and trying to get people bought into the business, right? Um, you're waiting for 
that trigger where they say, oh yeah, you know what? I do actually need so-and-so product, right? Uh, you're, you're building brand awareness. You're not building brand demand at that point. The demand happens from an industry standpoint when that trigger finally occurs. Uh, and you need to be prepared with that, with that consideration messaging. So that way, when somebody is looking at you against their competitor, you're ready to, to be front and center and, and differentiate yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, a common problem that I see with marketing agencies in general is they kind of cherry pick which KPIs they want to report on based on what's going to make them look good, right? And that's why I think this is an important topic, right? So that, you know, the audience can really arm themselves with the ammunition they need to, you know, tell an agency when they're full of shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what are some examples of a vanity KPI that, you know, might look good if you're not comparing it to something else or is really just meaningless in general? Yeah. So our biggest one is attributed return on ad spend. Uh, it can be a really big vanity metric. Um, you'll hear me pretty regularly say, I think one of the most frustrating things is when I see uh Agencies talk about how they got like a 16 times return on ad spend for their client or 20 times return on ad spend for the client. And, you know, ultimately that sounds great, but from my perspective, uh, that's a missed opportunity. And and the reason why is because one, uh, attributed metrics tend to be inflated. Uh, The platforms like to take full advantage for uh, everything they can, even if they didn't really have any impact on it whatsoever. Uh, so for example, you may have viewed an ad and 30 days later is purchased and uh, Facebook will take full credit for that purchase, even though, uh, you know, just like you said, uh, there are many other touch points in that process. So uh, one of the things that we like to do is we like to look at last click data in Google Analytics. So uh, what was the last non-direct channel that finally led to that sale? Uh, and recognizing that it will underreport on a lot of your brand awareness and consideration campaigns, which is fine because you can set up core benchmarks. You can say, hey, we are comfortable with a 0.5 return on ad spend on our Facebook ads, which is what our benchmark is. We recognize that Facebook's role in the customer journey is to build brand awareness, not drive you know, revenue. The campaign as a whole still needs to be positive from a return standpoint, so once you add in you know, programmatic display and paid search and paid social altogether, when you're looking at your media as a holistic view, you want a profitable campaign. But recognizing uh, the KPIs and benchmarks by channel for what they should be doing for their role is important. So, you know, you when I just said like a 1320x return on ad spend is a missed opportunity is because uh, uh, you have, you know, 10 x on return on ad spend that could have been invested in brand awareness to grow your top line revenue i would much rather my media campaigns be at a 1.5 2x 2.2 last click return on ad spend knowing that i'm able to use that money to fuel brand awareness instead of kind of just sitting flat at an extremely profitable media campaign that's not growing right and that's a very important thing you know if you want to be able to scale a paid media campaign you have to invest a lot of money into top of funnel prospecting, right? And that's the only thing that's going to lead to scaled uh, return on revenue, right? Uh, I mean, if you're just focusing on bottom of funnel or, you know, retargeting people that already know you exist, I mean, you're going to plateau, you're going to bottom out and you're not ever going to grow past that point. Yeah. I almost would tell you that you're not even going to plateau. You're going to shrink over time because 
you know, you have standard consumer churn over time. So uh, you're just going to end up losing people anyway in that process. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to just invest top of funnel to continue to grow. And it's not only your media campaigns, it's your organic search, your referrals. It kind of helps across the board, not just uh, in, in your media channels. Right. I mean, because there are so many different touch points. I mean, if you really thought about all of the things that happen before you buy a product, and it's so subconscious that you don't even realize this, but by the time you recognize a brand and you trust it enough to make a purchase, you've already seen this brand many times and you just don't remember it. Right. So, you know, someone may have seen you on Facebook uh, for the first time and then maybe they found you mentioned on the blog post with a link to your website and then at the end of the day when they decide they want to buy from you uh, they search your brand and click on a google ad boom google takes credit for that right so it, it's vital to be looking at all of your channels from a holistic view and looking at your roi across the board for that very reason yeah and actually one of the kpis that we look at pretty regularly is uh, percentage of revenue from media versus organic or non-media, right? Like how much of your revenue from uh, should come from your paid advertising campaigns versus not paid. Uh, and we like to see it at a 30 to 40% range. Like 60% of your business should be coming from organic channels. Uh, and, and you surely should be aiming that 30 to 40% from non, non-organic or paid. Uh, reason for it is, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. So, you know, iOS happens again and you just tank your uh, your media campaigns and you tank your overall revenue. That's a major problem. But then also uh, you want your media campaigns to be scaling with your brand as a whole and not the brand should be pulling your media campaigns and not being pulled by your media campaigns. And the reason for that is because brand awareness campaigns can be expensive. And there are other areas that are more uh, effective. Uh, influencer campaigns, uh, paid PR, big you know, press campaigns or experiential campaigns, things like that uh, can build brand demand more effectively than a full you know, expensive programmatic display campaign that's going against very cold audiences, right? Uh, you really are trying to figure out how to fuel some of that word of mouth and, and just uh, non-paid you know, marketing channels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything truly does work together and it it makes our jobs as marketers so much harder because we have to try to paint this picture of what's happening when we truly don't have the data to kind of back up, you know, what, what is actually happening. We just have to know that like, you know, there's a lot happening behind the scenes that we are just truly unaware of. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, so why, why is it a bad idea to focus on just one KPI for your overall campaign success? Yeah. So, uh, individual KPIs don't always give a good view of what's happening everywhere. They're also snapshots in time. So, uh, each KPI is kind of giving you an understanding of what your time horizon looks like, right? So return on ad spend is very backwards focused. It's all right. I spent this much money and I got this much revenue. Awesome. But it doesn't tell us anything ahead. So that's why cost is important. I'm investing, you know, a hundred thousand dollars over the next three weeks. I can, I know what's going to happen. 
clicks are really important too, because I know this is how many people are in my funnel and this is what I can expect over the next you know, 30, 60, 90 days, whatever your consideration cycle is. Uh, similarly, your conversion rate is really important because you gives you a good understanding of how are people engaging with your site, what's the likelihood of that to purchase on their first touch or over time. Uh, so all of these together give you an understanding of how your campaigns are performing and just your website as a whole is performing and, and what capacity you have to scale over time. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So what would you say your secrets to scale are? Uh, um, I think looking at things from an omni-channel perspective is probably one of the most important things at this point now. Um, really understanding that brand awareness, consideration, conversion, that customer journey has to play together. It's one of the reasons why we don't we don't uh, position ourselves as a performance agency or um, a performance marketing agency is because uh, we don't focus just on that performance element. We're really focused on you know, top of funnel all the way down to conversion. Um, and that is really important for us. The other area, the, the two other pillars that have become really valuable uh, for our clients that we've been able to provide for them is uh, our media forecasting. So looking at it from a 12 month standpoint and saying, hey, this is uh, how we want to invest your funds. These are the KPIs that we're going to be monitoring. This is our expected outcomes. Uh, we're not always right. Uh, the market does its own thing. Uh, as you can imagine, there's a lot of volatility that we can't account for, but it does give some semblance of understanding of what our expectations are given previous results, right? Uh, it also allows us to set realistic expectations with our clients. Like you're not going to go from, you know, $400,000 a month to a million dollars a month in two months, right? Like it's just, it's not realistic. Um, so just really helping them recognize that. So that's one major pillar for us. The second pillar that kind of comes out of that is uh, we do an ad experimentation plan for each one of our clients. And it's based on the KPIs that we're seeing. So if your click-through rate's really low, then we want to be doing ad experiments that help your click-through rate. <laughs> just, you know, let's figure out the KPIs that are most valuable for you and then focus on those instead of just kind of testing for testing's sake, which we see pretty regularly. Yeah, right. I mean, you need to identify the problem and the area of improvement that you need and you need to test to improve that, right? I mean, it makes total sense, but I agree with you. It's not something that is actively practiced, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of people um, get really excited about testing and just want to test a lot of things instead of testing the things that are going to be the most valuable for the brand or the business. So from my perspective, like, testing a button color or uh, things like that are not really exciting for me. I, I want our brands to come to us and be like, all right, we're testing a new offer or a new message or a new art direction. Like, tell me the broad stroke things that you are testing that are going to be valuable just across the board versus this like small incremental change that may be like 0.01% better. And then, you know, we're not, we're not moving the needle on that. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. Testing like a new, brand message versus, you know, where you put your primary call to action button above the fold are two very different things. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they, they require different, understandably, they require different tracking and different testing plans. And there's a heavier lift on one, but the payoff is much higher too. So you're really trying to manage that and, and have a good understanding of that, which you can't do if you don't know your KPIs to begin with, because you won't know what you're testing anyway. Yep. Yep, exactly. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me today, Samir. What's a great way for everyone listening to get in contact with you? 
Yeah, so the best place to go is uh, wearequry.com. Uh, check us out. We've got a bunch of information on there. We publish a bunch of uh, KPI benchmarks, actually. You can just click on the benchmarks, see uh, what our brands are seeing from a CPM, CPC, click-through rate, all of that's uh, live data over the last 30 days. Uh, also, uh, you can book a strategy call. It's actually my calendar, some book time, chat with me. I love meeting uh, people and, and just having conversations like this. So, uh, you know, put some time on my calendar and let's chat. Awesome, Matt. Well, we'll be sure to link that up in the show notes. And thank you again. Yeah, thanks, Tanner. Thank you for listening to another episode of e-commerce secrets to scale. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss another episode. This podcast is sponsored by Ranksy Digital Marketing. If you own an e-commerce business and you're ready to take it to the next level, visit our website at ranksy.com. That's R-A-N-K-S-E-Y.com.